We are pleased to welcome Dr. Mohanad Al-Sheikh, CEO of Johnson Controls Arabia, who joins us from Jeddah in the eastern province of the kingdom. Johnson Controls Arabia is, of course, the JV of the U.S. headquartered multinational company that is the world leader and supplier of energy-efficient HVAC solutions for the residential, commercial, and industrial sectors, smart buildings, and so much more. Mohanad, so good to see you again. Thank you for joining us on the 966. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here finally. Yeah, finally, finally is the word, man. We're delighted that you're with us, and um, but it, it makes it all the better because there's a lot of things we want to talk about. But I mean, I tell you, let me go back. Let's talk about why I thought you'd be great on this show. All right, number one, you're you're a young Saudi CEO. Uh, number two, you're partnered with a leading, I mean, large U.S. corporation. Now, just for our listeners, they should understand that Johnson Control was founded in Wisconsin in what, 1885? That's right. And York, which is one of your one of your uh, premier lines, uh, Pennsylvania, I think in the 1870s. So these are old line, blue blood, very large US corporations. Obviously York was taken over by Johnson, but all right, so there's two things. This is, you know, this is all these things to recommend Mahundred for the 966. You've built, and I had the, uh, the great, opportunity to go with you to your factory at King Abdullah Economic uh, City in um, in March, you built a significant manufacturing hub, uh, really impressive. You're using local content, leading technology. You've invested heavily in research and development. Maybe you can talk about that amazing shop you took me over to see. Uh, you, you employ, train, and upskill a, a large Saudi work- workforce, including women. Uh, you're building and have built and building a significant export market. So all these things, I mean, that are essentially sort of the sweet spot of what Saudi Arabia is trying to do with Vision 2030, you're doing, Johnson Controls Arabia. So so hence our keen interest in getting you on the show. So we're delighted that you've, you've come with us. But before we get all of that, if we can talk a little bit about how we first met you. We first met you in the States. So you you came to start your 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 grad, your studies at AU. Can you start with that and tell us a little bit of why you came to AU? And then, you know, we had you for, a, you know, a decade plus, and then you went back to run the ship here. But tell us a little bit about coming to AU. Well, I'll tell you first about my journey coming to the U.S. I mean, I did I did my, my high school here in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and then I decided, my dad actually is the one who decided uh, to send me to send me to the U.S. Uh, and I didn't start in AU actually. I started in Midwest. I started in Carbondale, Illinois, uh, two hours away from St. Louis, Missouri. That's where where I started my English study, English as second language uh, study. Stayed in Carbondale, Illinois, for about five months or so. Then moved to the west side of the U.S. to Eugene, Oregon. And, and somehow I found it too too green for me, so I decided to move to the east, to the east coast, in nineteen ninety-six, and I stayed there for almost twelve twelve years. And yes, you're right. I started my bachelor degrees at the American University, which I believe I mean was was very good choice. Uh, giving, I mean, uh, the beautiful campus they had and the good program, uh, School of Business they had. And uh, I combined my, my actually it was, I, I took a dual degree from, from the American University. Uh, one was in the uh, computer information system, 
and one was in the international uh, finance. Uh, then continued and uh, did my master's degree in uh, also at the American University in information systems management. And uh, it was very good six, seven years at the American University uh, in, 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 in Washington. After that, I wanted to do my doctoral uh, degree, so I, I pursued a couple of schools. I started the, uh, the doctoral degree actually at George Washington University School of Engineering. Okay in an area of knowledge management uh, at, at the time. It was a brand new concept kind of uh, uh, in, in the area. Uh, I did not continue at GW. I, I transferred to the George Mason University. They had a great program under, under a great uh, professor there. And uh, I spent a good six years uh, working on my project dissertation. Uh, since I started working full-time in Washington, and this is where we met uh, Richard some, what, it's been, what, 17, 18 years uh, now uh, since, since since then, but yeah. That's, when, we, uh, when, when we were each in our early early 20s, right? Yeah. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you were probably, yes, you were. Actually, so you were at World Bank Group, and then this is what's funny, I mean, so you have this, this, engineering back you have information technology information systems you have a very technical some really strong credentials and there you are dealing with the congressional affairs at the embassy of saudi arabia in washington dc that's got it that's a tell us a little bit how that happened <laughs> that's that's uh somehow when you're in washington metropolitan you cannot escape politics and and i remember at the time it was early 2000 so you had the first uh, the Palestinian Arab conflicts and the whole Washington D.C. was 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 quite overwhelmed uh, with what uh, was happening in, the, in in the Middle East at the time. And this was was I mean before I joined the embassy, I was I was actually with the world with the World Bank, and also at the time I remember being in Washington, lots of uh, protesters and demonstrations against those evils uh the world bank of the the imf and the and and, and and it was quite interesting time only to find out that the best knowledge management program that existed in the area was with the world bank so that kind of drew my 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 attention to try to apply to get to the world uh bank and and and, and, and work work there so before i joined the embassy to do congressional affairs i was at the actually the world bank uh uh, first, and uh, the knowledge management program at the time was, as I said, one of the leading uh, knowledge management program uh, in, in, in the world. And the idea was for the president at the time, James Wolfenson, he said, well, people came to the World Bank seeking financial aid. However, the knowledge the bank accumulated over the 50 years or 70 years history was so valuable. So we need to have a program for knowledge disseminations between the World Bank and the clients, the client countries. So they've spent at the time, I remember about $250 million to build the infrastructure. And at the time, Richard and I teased people about this. At the time when I did my, my project dissertation was as the uh, it, the bank had something called GDLN, the Global Development Learning Network. And, and basically, it was a network to connect the World Bank with the client countries. 
And my dissertation was, is this GDLN network is an, an effective way for knowledge transfer? And luckily, my conclusion was, yes, it is very effective to ensure knowledge uh, transfer. And now when COVID-19 hit and everyone started using all this technology, luckily the world was like, okay, yes, it is, it is an effective, uh, but, but I did, I did that research, uh, some, some 20 years, some 20 years ago, or, 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 or so. Uh, but yes, and after, after that, I left, I left the World Bank and uh, I had the opportunity, uh, to work at the embassy. I started actually working at the time when, uh, His Royal Highness Prince Turkil Faisal was the Saudi ambassador. Uh, to, to Washington. So that was also uh, some interesting time. Uh, 2000, that was 2005, and we're still dealing with the uh, repercussions of the 9-11. And, and it's what was some, some interesting time at the, uh, uh, those, those years working at the, at the embassy and uh, having, I mean, experienced uh, Washington, D.C. as a student and then as the Someone working in development and then uh, working uh, at, the, at the embassy doing congressional affairs. And congressional affairs tend to be a very interesting uh, job job to do uh, in, in, in Washington. So, well, it's it's funny, uh, and I should, we should do a shameless plug here. Prince Turkey Al Faisal has uh, also been a guest on the Nine Six Six, and he was tremendous. Ah, so, okay. if you haven't seen that episode, to our listeners, and Lucian, I'm sure you'll agree with this. <clears throat> so. Uh, Dr. Mahoney is in Washington dealing with congressional affairs, which is a very thorny, difficult thing. And and the, you, I will say this without a doubt, you have such a sunny disposition, a very calm demeanor, and and just sort of a real sense of competence about you. So it, you were very good in the job. I'm not saying you really, you know, it was the, the job that you wanted to keep, but you were very good in the job. But so you left in 2010 to go back to, to Johnson Controls Arabia. You became CEO in 2014. We're I'm gonna I want to give you a free run here. We're giving we're coming up on a decade of you being CEO. Yes. And and we've talked. You had real ambitions to to take this and build it and go. And you're now I mean this is now the largest your your shop is the largest industrial complex in the Middle East and Africa for, for Johnson Controls. You export to 25 countries, including finished products to China, congrats oh. to you. And you're one of the, you know, Saudi Arabia's leading manufacturers and exporters of non-oil products. So so by any measure, your term as CEO has been quite successful. But let's, let's, let's take it from when you came in in 2014, what you saw, what you wanted to do, and, and what you've done. If you can sort of give us a run on that. Sure, no, interesting. But I'd like also to, to pick on something that you said about dealing with Congress first. So I've I've had almost one thousand two hundred meetings by the time I left Washington D.C. In, in in Congress, and I remember an advice that one gave me, and this was like first week on the job. Said so whatever they tell you, the first answer that should come out of your mouth is yes, sir, you are right. <laughs> and, 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 and truly, whoever gave me that advice. Was 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 so right. So I've I've had a good five years dealing with with congressional affairs and 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 that 
if you were to ask me, I mean, that was such, I mean, uh, a dramatic shift. And, and my wife, I got married, she came with me to Washington. So I took her to all those receptions in, in Washington, D.C., and she enjoyed the glamorous of, of, of Washington. So when I came back to Saudi, people asked me, so what do you do now? I said, well, I moved from politics to air conditioning. And she would look <laughs> at me like, well, but that sounds like uh, a, a down, downgrade, if you, may, if you may call it so. And I, I used, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I used to joke about it. And, 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 and truly, I got into this. I mean, first, when I when I moved to Saudi, I, I wasn't the CEO. I mean, I, when I first joined Johnson Controls, I joined as director of operations. Uh, and, and, and that at least gave me some time to readjust from moving from government to the private, uh, to the private sector. So I joined Johnson as director of operations. So I got to know kind of, and, and at the time, my benchmark wasn't the congressional affairs, wasn't the embassy, it was more of the World Bank because it was the closest in terms of, it's, it's sort of semi-private uh, uh, sector type of, uh, type, type of experience. And, 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 and it was truly, I mean, an enjoyable experience. I mean, coming to Saudi and, and people ask me, did you miss the US? Spent 12 years there, moved to, to, to Saudi after, after those years. And, and surprisingly, the work culture in Johnson Controls, Saudi Arabia, didn't make me feel that I had left the US. Just the look and the feel, I mean, the communications uh, medium, it's, everything is, is done. In, in, in English and, and, and the communication with most people and our, our joint venture partner, it's all done in, in, in English. You travel to Milwaukee, you travel to Europe. You, I mean, it's, it's kind of gave you that, that, that feel. So I didn't have uh, any sort of cultural shock coming, com, coming, coming back. And I remember I left Washington, D.C. I came three days later. I am starting my, my, my new, new, new job, new assignment. But it was kind of almost the same, the, the nine to seven, nine to eight uh, type of type of experience. And at the time, Saudi did not have the vision 20, 2030. So there were some, the first shock I had, I mean, the weekend in Saudi at the time was Thursday and Friday. So on, I remember on Wednesday, I, I told my colleagues, okay, see you guys on Saturday. And they were like, what do you mean Saturday? Tomorrow, Thursday, you come to work. I'm like, well, but, but when is the weekend? They said, the weekend you get one day, and that's Friday. <laughs> and to me, that was the shock. If you were to ask, to ask what was the most shocking thing for me, it was, it was that fact. What do you mean? I don't get two days weekend? No, you don't get two days weekend. I'm like, well, when I signed up, I I, I no clue. And I took the first three, four months observing what people did on Thursdays. And I tell you, it was the most, one of the most unproductive day. I mean, it was kind of a half day type of uh, arrangements. And people, you'd see them walking around with flip-flops and, and bringing their, their breakfast. And, and it was just a strange way. So I used my skills from congressional affairs and I started lobbying. Within, within, within the company uh, to change the, the work days from, from 
six to only five. And keep in mind, the company was operating at the time for almost 20 plus years with the, with the six days. Uh, so it took me a couple of rounds of, of talking to different uh, stakeholders and eventually we changed it. Uh, and it was a big celebration, not only for me personally, but for everyone that was... So I became the popular Mohammed kind of uh, for for being able to change. Oh. Well, two things. You must have been a hero to start with. And the second, what happened with your productivity? Did it improve? Well, I, I mean, that, that's, that was the, the lobbying piece had two, two, two parts to it. The, the congressional affairs skills and then the skills I acquired doing my, my, my project dissertation, because then you, you could you should do some some scientific type of uh, analysis about the product productivity. So I did I did both. We kind of went around and and, 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 and measured at the time. Well, I mean, listen, imagine I mean if you, if you give two days full 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 days as as people will become energized ready to come to to to, to work on, on 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 those saturdays rather than giving and, and you do benchmark with international kind of uh, organization operating in different parts of the of the world so i use science and i used uh, uh some some diplomatic type of uh and some people were skeptical some people were uh, believing on it and uh, i assure you i mean it, productivity did not get 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 impacted. Uh, if yeah. if not, it went it went up. And actually, it allowed us because you 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 have you have talked in your introduction. You talked about Saudizations, about women empowerment, about I mean uh, localization. So Saudis at the time they tended not to want to work for the private sector because imagine if you have extended family, you have kids, you have. You don't want to work in a place where you don't get the two day, two full days weekends. I mean, you 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 kind of so so those. I mean, the it allowed us to attract more Saudis, more females. Uh, I mean, people that that found wow, this is quite progressive uh, work work environment. So so that that, that was one of the I mean kind of uh, first win if. if if uh, I may, I may call it that I've achieved uh, come, come, coming, coming, coming back. And then, I mean, four years later, I was, I was uh, promoted, and I was asked uh, to be to be the CEO of the of the of the joint joint venture. And I've been uh, working in that capacity since then. It's been almost now ten years. Well, let's talk about that geographically. How have you expanded uh, Johnson Controls Arabia? The, the success we have made in, in Saudi over the past 20 years, 25 years, now it's been the joint venture been in existence for the past 30, 32 years, actually. But truly, uh, Richard, I mean, I've, I've had the pleasure. The joint venture had the opportunity to, to, to have it, I mean, great in both ways. You had accessibility to, I mean, a partner that has the best technology globally. And then you had a partner that knew the know-how of the country. So the synergy was 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 positive in, in so many ways. And, and that led, I mean, truly, so the, 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 the expansion to new geography was natural. So, it, I mean, we, I didn't need, 
lots of lobbying. I mean, uh, let, let me put it this way, to show the real numbers, the real potentials, and the positive synergy if Johnson Controls were to expand its, its relationship with the joint venture in Saudi to other territories in, in, the, in, in, in the region. And since we last met Richard six months ago, we added now a new country to the portfolio, actually. We just added, 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 added Bahrain to the portfolio. Uh, yes, just, just actually we're, sign, we're signing uh, the final contract uh, within, I mean, a couple of weeks. But it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a done deal for, 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 for us. Uh, but and, and we're looking at, I mean, we, we talked about we have signed to establish an RHQ, a regional H headquarter covering the, the, the Middle East out of, out of uh, Saudi. We already have the largest manufacturing footprint for Johnson Controls in the Middle East and Africa region. So we have been supplying the region. And now to what you talked about, we're even going beyond. That last week was, was a milestone for us where we had our first export to China. Uh, from our our facility in King Abdullah Economic uh, City. So for us, I mean, for the past many years, uh, it wasn't only Saudi in terms of the coverage uh, to to the rest of the Middle East. I mean, our 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 factory was the manufacturing hub. So projects like Cleveland Clinic in Abu in Abu Dhabi was I mean the HVAC the air side of it was all manufactured. In, 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 in Saudi, you have the Atlantis Hotel in, in, in Dubai, Abu Dhabi Airport, you had uh, in Gardaga in, uh, in Egypt, and, and, and many in South, to South Africa also, we had projects, uh, Infosys in, in India. And, and we've, so we've had, I mean, the JV, the, the, the way it was structured in terms of the uh, accessibility to the technology, the R&D uh, facility that, that we have, and also, above all, truly, the intellectual assets. I mean, the, the joint venture has about 46 different nationalities. And we have, I mean, I mean expertise from, from all over. And keep in mind, I mean, to, to also to what, what, you, what you've rightly uh, elaborated, is Johnson Controls long history uh, in Saudi. I mean, have operated for almost 100 years in, mm. in, in, in Saudi. In the, the first project, actually, in Jeddah was, was done about 70 years uh, ago or so. But in Saudi, Johnson Control almost existed for, for uh, in the, in, I mean, I would say Johnson Control existed in the Middle East uh, for about, about 100 years, uh, since 100 years ago. So you, you have world-class uh, partner, uh, American, American company, and then you have also one of the largest company in the Middle East, getting together and sky 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 is the limit so that that i mean this is how we looked at it we have one of the largest market share for johnson controls globally in, in, in saudi and the discussion was how we can replicate that level of success in, in other regions so we first moved to it was lebanon moved to 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 egypt uh to also we we took Yemen. Uh, there is a funny story about about how that that happened, and and then now we're going to to to, to Bahrain, and and we continue to develop relationships 
in, in other areas. Actually, I mean, now it's, it's, it's even, I mean, I could, I could even uh, announce that we are now expanding our joint venture to Oman, to Qatar, to Kuwait through the fire suppression and fire detection systems. It's one of the line of products that we do under, under the joint, joint venture. And we also expanded the, the, the line card, the type of products and services that we're offering in the market. So our focus is not only on the HVAC uh, field, but we're looking now also into things to do with, with artificial intelligence and machine learning and building technologies and, and, and how to best uh, decarbonize. I mean, I, I, would, I would say uh, buildings through the usage of, tech, of, techno of technology. Uh, Marine and Navy also is, is a key area for us now uh, in, 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 in Saudi and we're trying to also expand that line of business through, through other other geographies that we are managing uh, today. Well, it's it's clear even when it was so much fun to go around your plan and, and especially with your general manager taking us around. I mean, there was a tremendous amount of pride in, in, the, in the focus on research and development, uh, cutting edge technology. And you're right, you know, you don't just do HVAC, you do building systems and fire suppression, fire control, and, and all these things are, are you're expanding on. It's, it just seems, and tell, if you can tell, the, the, what was the, 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 was it, what was the name of the place we went to visit? It's a, it's the technology place. It's a specific. Yeah, we're talking about the Open, Open Blue Center. It's one of five go. centers which also controls globally, built. And it's, it's meant mainly for data-enabled technologies. And the idea is, is, is quite, quite simple. We have a project here in, in Riyadh. We've installed the HVAC, but we also installed the building management systems and other, other, other systems. And in that particular project, we have almost 250,000 sensors installed. And to have 250,000 sensors, it means you need technology to efficiently manage the, 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 the complex. It's a university complex, actually, in, in, in Riyadh. So, and, and the idea here is clients need expert systems. Not only they want to manage the, the, the efficiency of their system from, from a cost point of view, but also from a comfort level point of view, from, from a safety uh, point of view and, and COVID nineteen, I mean, was was I mean, uh, an, a new factor that building owners started to look into, and from from uh, hygiene and, and kind of, uh, and you couldn't do that through human interventions. So you had to have you have to have a system that that will will allow the building owners to make decisions. On, on real time to cater for their needs, whatever that needs might, 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 might be. So it's something that we are heavily deploying in the, in the Middle East. And, and luckily now with this center that we have, we're able to show clients the capabilities of technology and how we can integrate the hardware and the software into one platform to achieve the, the, the desired level of efficiencies, uh, or whatever that 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 desire of, of of the clients might might be. Also, if you remember, Richard, when we visited the center, we've had the Open Blue with the data enabled technology uh, center, but we also had the 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 labs, our labs and our our R and D facility. And I'll tell you why this is important 
for the success of the of the of the company here. When we talk about the Middle East, we're not talking about one set of regulations. We're talking about countries that has huge different. I mean, again, if I use the 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 the, the, the analogy from 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 Congress, you have almost ten thousand resolutions that that comes out every year, and out of those ten thousand resolutions, only 0.2 percent of them become uh, into law, and they cater for different stakeholders and different. I mean. The Middle East, when it comes to regulations for the HVAC, believe me, it's as complex. You, you talk about 50 hertz, 60 hertz, different standards that, that, that you have to, to deal with. And if you're not, if you're not complying, I mean, God, a lot of it. So we had to develop the right R&D and the right testing facility, right laboratories, to make sure that we're able to have the right products, but we're also able to modify the products to cater for different regulations as they come. And another, another factor, when it comes to the Middle East, I mean, part of the success we've, we've had, the economy of scale is not large enough for international companies operating outside the Middle East to cater kind of, of have those regulations for every country and every, I mean, aspect of, of, of regulations. So local players that invested in the, in the, in the R&D and invested in the testing facilities and in, in the lab are having the competitive edge. And we are, the, we, we are actually the only international company with such capabilities built in Saudi today. So that's, that's what's, what's differentiating uh, us from from the rest of the comp competition and is allowing us to gain i mean very healthy market share uh, increase year, year year over year well that leads us to the next question i think so we've talked a little, little bit about the your your exporting and in the growth you've done geographically you have a home market now that's exploding uh and and what is this? You know, the opportunities for a company like Johnson Controls Arabia must be enormous. What are you looking at, and and where do you want to go? Because it's really a promising market. Absolutely, absolutely. When we see Vision Twenty Thirty and the enormous number of opportunities that it has created for companies that are operating locally, so we do have the know-how, we do have the technology, and we have the right investment in Saudi. So kind of the ingredients of, of how to be an integral part of, of the Vision 2030 in Saudi and take advantage of it, we, 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 we have it. So comes down to mega jobs and giga jobs, we are, we are, we are there. Our, our technology is, is, is there. Saudi Arabia also made it a point where local content and they're not talking about local content from hiring Saudis. No, the local the ecosystem. I mean, how much local spending you're you're, you're making, uh, how much you you are. I mean, spending in, in, in localization, training, and development, in, in technology and, and technology transfers, and so they look at the, the whole eco ecosystem, and that's allowing us again to be. Uh, I mean, kind of. I mean, preferred vendor when it comes to government and semi-government uh, jobs. And, 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 and we have the footprint in, 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 in Saudi. So what we have done in the past 20, 30 years, like 
projects like the Holy Mosque in Mecca and, and, and Medina being cooled by, by, by Johnson Controls and, and York Equipments for the past 20, 25, 25 years. Reliable partner, despite all the cyclicality that happened in the, in, in the market. And, and we've seen where companies, uh, I mean, economic situations, 2008, uh, the Gulf War in the, in, in the 90s, some companies backed up and, and, and left. But the partner in, in, in Johnson Controls and, and New York International at the time uh, stood uh, steady and, uh, and dealt with the, with the challenges of those economic cyclicality. So it comes down today, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I mean, my secured volume year over year is, is one of the highest I've seen in the past 14 years in the company. I'm talking about yeah. 2021 versus 2022. And my half, I mean, first quarter and second quarter of 2023. And it's much higher than pre-COVID. I mean, that's usually my, my board members, they challenge me. Well, how was it compared to the right. uh, pre-COVID? It's still higher than the pre-COVID. And when I look at the growth, luckily, it's not coming from one segment. So when I look at our DX business, mainly the, the B2C business, it's 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 having great healthy growth when i look at our fire suppression fire detections system equivalent growth when i look at our building management system and security uh infrastructure uh network line of business is the same thing when i look at our aftermarket operations and that and that truly is a strength we have in saudi the second or third largest aftermarket operations for johnson controls globally so, so for us, that's it's a great point of strength when it comes to dealing to deal with with, with, with our with our our customer. So that's also growing uh, quite steadily, and we've introduced this uh, what we called I think we, we discussed when you're here, Richard, the ESCO uh, platform, the the energy auditing type type of platform where we go to government non government. Uh, buildings and we do our energy auditing and we propose certain energy saving measures and, and, and the system works in a way where I provide guarantees, financial collaterals. Again, it's my promised saving to the clients and I ensure that they get their payback in two, three, four years and, and then they enjoy the saving uh, after. It's It's a new concept that get created in Saudi four or five years ago. In the US, uh, I believe the ESCO is, 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 is wide. I mean, it's, it's uh, been, been in usage for four years. But in Saudi, for the region, not only in Saudi, for the Middle East, this is a new, a, a new concept. And we have a couple of hundred millions of, of jobs now under execution using, using this, uh, this model. So truly, I mean, the entire ecosystem is working beautifully. And they're supplementing each other. And in case there is cyclicality, and as I mean, we are not concerned that that we'll will will we'll be in trouble or or uh, we'll have to change our our uh, business model dramatically. Uh, so so that's that's what 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 we're doing. And as I said, new opportunities are are, are being created. Saudi Arabia also, as part of the Vision 20, 2030, is advocating for, for sustainability and, and green buildings. And I was in Egypt uh, attending the COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh just, I mean, uh, last, la last year. 
and, 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 and I, I get to visit the Saudi Green Initiatives and Johnson Control globally, I mean, it's it's some it's, it's a world leader when it comes to sustainability and, and, and trying to push for for technology that will allow for decarbonizations. And our CEO, I mean, George Oliver, I mean, this is the, the I mean, the, the, I mean, his, his, his motto is there will be no decarbonization without decarbonizing buildings. And you cannot do it without employing technology and without uh, the ability of linking the, the hardware and software in, 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 in a smart way and, and making sure the, 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 the electrifications of, 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 of building is happening at the right rate to reach for countries and for the world, actually, uh, to reach its desired targets of 2050 or 2060. So th 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 that, that, those type of uh, regulations, those type of uh, ambitions is creating opportunities for, for, for companies like us in Johnson Controls to, to take advantage uh, of, 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 of that. And by the way, we're also capitalizing on that when we talk to clients outside South. So if I'm going to, I mean, I've had the team here uh, from, from Bahrain two weeks ago, and I was talking about that. When we go to Egypt, it's something that we discuss. When we talk to consultants around, around the region that are specifying technology for, for future projects, we, we bring that experience from Saudi, from the world, and, and we try to promote that uh, within, to, to increase the standard and, and help everyone to come to, to, to a point where we're all uh, kind of upscaling the, 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 the standard, not only for the good of the, the, the kingdom or the region, but for the good of the, of, of the world. And, and truly, it's something that one does with a great level of, of uh, I would call it great level of, of confidence, not confidence, I mean great of comfort. Yeah, uh, that that you're doing something that that's worth. It's not only about profit maximizing, or it's not about maximizing the shareholders' equity, but it's you, you're serving the community uh, while 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 you you are achieving the the shareholders of the company's uh, right right return on investment. The um, you know, that's an interesting uh, discussion of the business environment opportunities and how you said, I think, I'm not sure what the term was, but you, essentially you were saying the ecosystem in Saudi is working very well, you know, and, and uh, it, part of this, they've just named four special economic zones. Um, one of them is King Abdullah Economic City. Will this impact you much? Absolutely. We are actually positioned, luckily, within the 60 million square meter radius of the economic zone. So King Abdullah is 158 million. We picked the, wrong, the, the right spots, I would say, in, 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 the, in the city to, to build our, our, our factory. And the incentives, they were just announced a couple of weeks weeks ago. So we're trying also to make full sense of, 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 the, of the impact on a wall-to-wall -wall kind of uh, calculations. Uh, but definitely, it's, it's, uh, this, I mean, this is going to be the first economic city or free zone uh, to be to be uh, built King Abdullah economic city is is well positioned. They have one of the largest ports uh, today in, in in the region, and the city is is I mean now the public investment fund uh, is is officially a partner within the city. So you have companies like Lucid uh, Car coming in. We have another company uh, Sears coming and and. and 
the, the city itself is flourishing and the location that it has uh, we are about three minutes drive from the from the port give us great accessibility uh, to markets in, in, in Africa and in the northern part of the of the Middle East uh, and, and and also it's it's I mean now we talked about sending to China I mean uh, using the when, when you have when you have state of the art manufacturing facility and state of the art ports and and, 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 and and logistic infrastructure that will only allow you to reduce your 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 your, your cost and allow you to take advantage so so we're looking at the uh, regulations now and as I said luckily we are I mean quite competitive when it comes to the Saudi markets and that gives us the right economy of scale to take advantage of such regulation of the free zone to increase our export for the Middle East region and and and, and beyond so this is this this is where where, where we are let's um let's talk about locally I thought I was fascinated to hear you talk about your first experience when you came back from Washington, you know, and what, when you looked at the day of the week, but also you looked at, you know, some of the things you could change. You're deeply involved in the community. Then you also were talking about sustainability as an aspect, the things, you know, positive contributions you're trying to make. So you're deeply involved in the community. Can you talk a little bit about what Johnson Controls is doing? I mean, this this ranges from, you know, getting more Saudi women on the production lines. Uh, you have a serve your community pro program. You uh, you yourself on are a number of boards, you know, including a charity for children with a cancer. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it, I thought this was interesting and, and, and maybe you could talk about it. You're with your board member of the association for distinguished initiative and social responsibility. Um, you live in Jeddah. I mean, you're a Saudi, you're very proud of it. Can you talk a little bit about how you've involved yourself in the community? And obviously you have a tremendous platform as CEO of John, you know, Johnson controls Arabia. Thank you, Richard. I always say the best thing you could do at your community is by creating jobs. That that's that's number 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 one. And what we're able to do in King Abdullah Economic City is just to do that. We have been able to recruit Saudi women to work in the production floors. And this was, I mean, again, this was a paradigm shift. And, and I, I once, I was, I'll tell you a small story. I once was in, in, in Berlin giving presentation about the Middle East and about, about, about Saudi and the war culture. And, and, and I remember one guy walked, I mean, kind of raised his hand and, and, and with, with a challenging tone. He's like, I want to ask you, how many women do you, do you employ in, in Saudi in your operations? And my answer to him was, well, as many as the women are in this room. And people started looking around and the room was full of men. Because it was, I mean, at the time we're talking about engineering company. Engineering right. companies usually don't have lots of women. I mean, it's mostly dominated. If you, if you go to engineering schools sure. in the US, you go, you go look at what, I mean, mechanical engineering or electrical or industrial, they're, they're usually employing men. They're not, they're not, it's just the, it's, 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 I mean, it's a fact. So when, when, when I came here, I mean, for us to have female representations in our production floors was a paradigm shift for industry like ours. And, and today we have, I would say 10%, 15% actually, 
of our production workforce is Saudi females in King Abdullah. And luckily, we were able to attract them from areas around the economic city. So it's it's less developed areas. I mean, it's not it's not the right. big cities that we, we. I mean, it's it was most from the villages around around the economic economic city. Uh, so for, for for me, I'm quite proud of what we're able to achieve there. And I talked to. I mean, I was I was myself was a bit skeptical. Are they gonna stay or are they gonna decide to leave? So I kept asking every time I go to the factory, <laughs> how, how is it going? I mean, how is the turnover? And 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 truly. The turnover is much less than their peer male uh, <laughs> colleagues. So it's it's been a great great experience, and I think they're enjoying it. We're quite proud uh, of of the female representation that we have in the company. Of course, when I, the company has, I mean, good uh, female workforce, but those are, I mean, in the typical areas. I mean, all the corporate units, and uh, but we're able to hire lots of Saudi engineers. Uh, technician almost in every functional area of the company. We have Saudi female representations uh, work, working with, with, with us. So that's from the employment side of things. When it comes to community support, I mean, contribute that to, to what I've seen in the U.S. I, I, I believe, and it's truly, I mean, it's, it's the U.S. when it comes to uh non-for-profits and non-for-profit i mean work and, and the way they are incentivized uh, in, in the in the us i mean uh, i'm quite uh, something something to be proud of and, and i remember myself by the way uh, i don't think we we spoke about that i have established an organization was c3 organization in the us in the state of delaware uh so so I, I kind of went through the journey and I've seen it firsthand. And I remember when I wanted some legal advice, I, I got a couple of big legal firms. They're saying, we do pro bono work. And I had to look up, the, what, what's pro bono? I, I mean, to, to that point. Uh, and, and, and I found out the new system is, is, is built around uh, community services and, and, and corporate social responsibility. So we try to... Uh, replicate that i'm not saying from a community i mean saudi saudi the saudi culture in the middle east are quite also i mean I, I also give them credits but from from a corporate culture point of view trying to institutionalize that as part of your your dna it was not uh i would say widespread so when i i, I remember when i first came spoke to our hr guys i'm like i want you to change the policy allow employees to spend at least i mean have have the employees have two days i believe uh every year to help the community so it's part of the hr policy within within within, within the company and we try to push it and, and, and promote it and and then as as a company we are to you to to what you've described uh richard we are board members and many or non-for-profit uh organization uh, try to advance some of these uh, uh, work around. I mean, you mentioned w one of them. We we built an initiatives uh, last last year and and quite quite successful one. Uh, and and basically trying to promote the industrial culture within uh, the 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 school environment uh, for South Saudi Saudi students. So we're able to have about 10,000 
uh, Saudi female and male last year uh, visiting factories in the city of Jeddah. 10,000? 10,000. Wow. Last year, we closed 10,000. Yesterday, I was I was having a meeting with the Deputy Minister of Industrial Affairs, uh, His Excellency Osama Zamin, and I shared with him the results because he was he was he was instrumental in, in encouraging us to to uh, establish the, this particular initiatives and, and 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 truly i mean you see the participation from the ministry of education and we talk about female male and trying to create the right ecosystem uh to uh, to promote industrialization and and and, and, and help the community i mean uh, students that 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 I mean go through the the, the journey. It, it's it's quite quite proud of of, of this particular uh, initiatives. And next year, actually, we're talking about fifty thousand uh, wow. Saudi female and male students to be exposed to an industrial uh, in environment. And we're planning a couple of big events. Uh, and and the aim uh, by year. Uh, Three years from now is to have one hundred thousand students across across the kingdom. So this we, we're one of the founders of this particular initiatives with with four or five other 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 companies uh, in, 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 in in Saudi. You've noted this before in the media. Forty percent of global greenhouse ga- gas emissions come from buildings just around the world, and you guys are leading on yeah. sustainability on the implementation of HVAC and other solutions. I noticed you signed a partnership with Electromin and Petromin on renewable energy generation. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the possibilities there for you in Saudi? Sure, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Luckily, when it comes to sustainability, and you're absolutely right, forty percent of gas emissions comes from buildings. And what we try to do in the products and the services that we we sell is to ensure that because if if you're talking about the life expectancy of any HVAC system, I'm mean, talking about the average of 20 years. So if, if you start installing the wrong equipments, you're in it with it for, for the next 20 years or so. So what we've done here in the past two years, we have with with the with the I mean collaborations with our, our global global Johnson Controls team, we have localized two technology. And today they are two of the most efficient worldwide technology in the HVAC systems. And I'm talking about screw chillers technology and VRF technology. We are the, the only international company that is manufacturing those two technologies in, 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 in the Middle East. So that, that that's one. And when it comes to collaborations with, with companies like Petromines, they also believe, I mean, they have, I mean, they have declared program around ESGs and and and, and and the need to to decarbonize and, and they're quite leading actually even I, I have to give them I have to give them credit they are important partner of of, of, of ours and they're looking at uh, to your point I mean uh, initiatives like the electromine uh, instead of the, their well well-known company for petromine uh, now they're looking in, into that so we're exploring I mean different uh, usage of technologies uh, on their projects, and we've been very successful to actually uh, do that. But it all goes back to the kingdom's aspiration to reach net net zero by 2050, uh, and also for Johnson Controls as, as aspiration uh, to, to 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 reach the same 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 goal. Uh, so that that's that's in in, in in brief what this partnership uh, is, is 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 about. 
Amazing. All right. Football time, guys. (laughs) So I've actually done it. We've talked about this. And and I did a little segment about when uh, when I was in Jeddah. We talked about the Saudi Professional League, but I talked about Issa, who works with you. And I was laughing because I spent as much time with Issa as anybody when I was in Jeddah because you very, very graciously, you know, uh, and then, you know, said, you know, while Richard's here, why don't you help him out? So, and he's a big Itihad fan. And I actually now have an Itihad FC you know, Tigers shirt, you know, shirt now. But so anyway, you know, we're very excited about that. Now they have, how is it Kareem Benzema? How do you pronounce yes, it? Yes, Benzema just joined. I mean, big celebration in the city last week. And Tehad has, I, I guess, five, six million uh, uh, spectators. So it's 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 uh, big. And uh, I I mean, it, it's, we're waiting for more players. I know not only Benzema, there is an, another another uh, Chelsea player that signed, signed up. I, I cannot recall. Conte, oh, right? Conte. Yeah, Conte. Yes, Conte. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, and, that uh, celebration was on TV here in the gym. It looked like the Olympics opening ceremony. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like fireworks and everything else. So that was really cool. Well, and it's important for our listeners to know, because we do it on Saudi Professional League and, soccer, and football because it's so organic and it's a long term, you know, you know, passion for for Saudis. And obviously, Itihad has just won the, the, the league this year for the first time, I think, since 2007 or whatever. So anyway, I don't know if Isa missed a few days around that celebration or not, but you know, give him a little slack. I will. He told me he was crying. Truly, I mean, that's what he said. He said I just couldn't believe that we won the game, and so he was quite emotional about that that win. And by the way, by speaking of sports, we have. I mean, we're doing quite quite well when it comes to stadiums in Saudi. So I mean. We're also, I mean, you spoke about what's happening in Saudi. Luckily, we are, I mean, trusted partner of the of the ministry and uh, some of the key projects that they're executing uh, in, in, in Saudi. So we're seeing major upgrades of the infrastructure uh, in the sport facility. Dr. Mohammed Al Sheikh, CEO of Johnson Controls Arabia. Whether you're in Saudi now or have visited Saudi in the last 70 years, there's a really great chance you are enjoying or have enjoyed a comfortable indoor climate away from the heat, thanks to Johnson Controls Arabia. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mohanan, it was a year's it was a year's wait and well worth it. Thank you so much for being with us on the night. Thank you, thank you very much. Really appreciate it and truly my pleasure. Oh.